it's RJ with podcast number two. Thank you to Mackenzie. You notice how he was spiking yesterday? He's like, this is Mackenzie. <laughs> I have the mic first and no one can get it from me. Like, think about that, Mackenzie. Did you talk on your own mic? No, I was. I hopped over on uh, the mic that AJ's using today. So you said, I got to go to a special mic, and somehow it <laughs> and sounded by far worse than your mic. Yep. Because I'm Mackenzie. <laughs> you know, Mackenzie has a theme song. Oh, by the way, joining special guest, straight out of Compton, no, straight out of Houston, A.J. Hoffman. Some would call it the Compton of Texas. Maybe your neighborhood. Yeah, no, yeah, probably. <laughs> How many guns do you have? I, I, none. I'm a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, well, maybe for taxes. Yeah. You don't know. All right. So he's in town. And by the way. By the way, that was a joke. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that is the, that's the funny thing. For <laughs> a liberal in Texas, what does that mean? Is, <laughs> now, first off, the thing about McKenzie you got to know is here's his theme. I'm a lotto. I'm a final. A mosquito, my What do you think? That's strong. It's good that he's got a theme. I mean, I mean, you've made it, but it's, you're gonna stick. You've made it. <laughs> you know, he's a mulatto. I didn't know that. And a mosquito. Is that an appropriate term? Hey, it's Nirvana. That's true. It's my favorite. I'm a Now, didn't. Uh, who was the one that said I'm a mulatto from something or something? Was well, it? I, I said I'm a mulatto from Chicago like Obama. Like Obama. Yeah. So is, but what's like Obama? That he's from Chicago. I mean, he's not grew up there, but you know what I mean. And he's mulatto. He's half black okay, and half so white. Okay, so all right. So there you go. If A lot of things in common, those two. Hey, well, I think, well, Obama went to Harvard and he went to Yale. So mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not going to be jealous of that, are you? No. Because, I mean, you know, you, we like education here. I understand. But, we, but we, I like smarts more than education. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I've met a lot of people that, without much education that were a lot smarter than a lot of people I know <laughs> with education. You know, and that's one thing I like about you is I like the guy that's doesn't even realize how smart he is. He kind of always knows he was kind of smarter than the people around him. And I and that's you. I don't think you're smarter than you even realize. Well, thank you. And I mean, you know, I'll try to debunk that over time. Well, listen, here's the good news is if you listen to AJ before, you're going to know that AJ knows his shit. And I don't cuss very often. And. He's also a professional freaking broadcaster. 15 hours a week, Houston ESPN, drive time. Doesn't mess around. Just say, what's the most important time? That's me. Also, he rose up as the programming director of the whole station. So you work that job, then you do your on air. I do, yeah. It's a tough haul, man. Yeah. And It's a grind. It's a grind. But you're going to add to the grind because – the lead up between now and football. And we got some big announcements coming up and AJ's in the middle of that, but don't speculate, please. If you want to bet, you can do that. You can speculate in that way. (laughs) 
And I don't know there's any books taking action on that. <laughs> well, you know, listen, if you win enough, I will book action. I'm not soliciting across state lines, but... Let's go like this happens once in a lifetime. Gotta make this work for us, out in the open, legit. But a nice IPO, keep it spinning, live off the juice. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but what we're gonna do in the interim, I don't think we've discussed this, every week we're gonna do something remote. I mean, it might be longer, it might be shorter, but it's important for the, you know, we got the, I mean, during the NFL season, you get all the Tom Dixon Harrys, right? Anyone has any inclination to bet, to do fantasy, you're not listening to this? Come on, you are. That's what the numbers tell us. <clears throat> I mean, I can act like I'm humble about it or I can just tell you the truth. And <laughs> what I'll say is that, this time of year, you got the ones that are trying to learn, the ones that are a little more committed, a little more serious about it. And I like that audience. We want to win them over with you. And then it's going to be easy with the, the every Tom, Dick, and Harry. With the casuals, we call them. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you being a radio guy, and I will say this. I've been solicitous. I don't have any syllabus issues. Not very many people can say that. <laughs> I, I had a, actually a sound guy once say, I've never heard someone with less of a syllabus. Or uh, is that what you call it when you go? Sibilance. Sibilance. Yeah. And it's funny because I've got certain words I pronounce funny. So it's like not that I'm some, per, you know, if anything, I've got a quirky radio voice. But it is interesting. I've, I, don't, I don't have that. That's not the issue. No. And it is for some people. Honestly, you, you, uh, it's funny. When you started doing hits on my show, I, I don't know how many years ago that's yeah. been. It's been a long time, though. Yeah, like probably seven. You, uh, your, your radio voice now has has changed a little bit. It's like improved. Some, some, yeah, it has. Some of the 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 quirks of of your voice mm -hmm. are gone out. You're, you sound like a pro, RJ. Well, I want to be the most the most professional amateur. Okay. Because <laughs> then you you know I we have a guy Bernie Fratto that does the weekend show uh -huh. straight out of Vegas. I met him. Yeah, but nice guy, committed guy. Um, he I mean he's been loyal as loyal can be to pregame to the pod to everything he does. The, the, you know SOV mostly straight out of Vegas. But he's kept a straight job his whole life. But he worked with uh, uh, not Jeremy Schapp, but the old man Schapp for a while. He wrote for him. He, he was in Detroit radio for years. So he was always on the periphery of the media. But he kept a straight job, like a real job, and put a kid through college, made a great upper-middle-class living. I told him, I said, Bernie, I said, you can be the best amateur or whatever you want to call it, non-perfect, hobbyist radio guy in the country, or you can be, you know, amongst the, 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 you know, whatever of the pros. Because if you think that at the national level you're going to be better than most of the guys that spent their whole life doing it and now they're getting paid hundreds of thousands or millions to do it on a national level, that's just not reasonable. But if you're the best hobbyist guy that's a hell of a thing that is something but i'd rather be the best amateur the best hobbyist than the worst pro yeah so that's why i it's a uh, dick shap was his name bernie considers him his mentor as mckenzie says now mckenzie looks out for bernie very well because on that weekend show mckenzie gets a segment oh he gets that mic time five minutes and he oh my god is he excited about that <laughs> I mean, you heard him yesterday on the mic. I mean, it's just like he screwed whatever it takes. <laughs> he wants you to get that third COVID shot. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I'm not judging that. I'm not saying to get it. I'm not saying not to get it. I'm follow your, you know, however you think of these things. Cause obviously there's a political element to this. To me, I just didn't I avoided the COVID, so I figure I might as well avoid it, right? Yeah. I got the first one. And I got the Moderna, whatever, which is supposed to That's be. That's what I got. Yeah, it's supposed to be the best one, supposedly. Yes. Because Mary, my wife's um, dad, is actually a virologist, however you say, where okay. he spent 50, 50, 50 years working for the government at a level three or level four center in Montana. You can look it up. And, um, uh, you know, that center... In which all they've done is like look at smallpox, like all this stuff. When the really the crap hits the fan, the government's you know is my sense. So they're ready. They're ready. Well, they they were. He had just retired when this went out, when this happened. So he wasn't involved in it. But the, their lab was one of the main labs that was rushing for a cure, and um, he he did the study and said Moderna. So I'm not a professional. I'm passing that on. Take it for what it's worth. If you have a choice. But, but it kicked your ass. The second time, the first time it was like I didn't take it. My my shoulder was a little sore or whatever. That was it. The second time, first um, four or five hours after, I was fine. Started feeling a little, little like uh, like my swollen in the joints. I was like my hands. My arthritis. I said, I said, <laughs> I've been like, holding the bingo daba too tight. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, I knew you for months before, and you told me you once were a professional Oh, comedian. boy, here we go. I said, you didn't make me laugh once in months. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that was funny. You know, that's a great line on the Louis C.K. episode where he is um, uh, David Lynch, the, the film director, right, plays the, uh, Raven and the Misses. Tell her she's going to be on air, right, when she oh, walks in. Oh, she we won't know. do that. Walk in. Now, know that you're on air right now. Silence. <laughs> Mrs. AJ in the house. You want to say hi to the audience? No, she, she will not. But she will not because you've tried to oh, get no. Well, so There's a level of influence. I'm working at a level you don't even fully okay. understand right now. Go for it. Here's 100 bucks. You, will you say five words? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got – uh-oh, she gave us the 20-minute countdown. Okay. And uh, you want to take a look around? She's – First time seeing the studios. Now, look, we got the four cameras. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check the control room. Mackenzie, grab her. Not physically. Don't let her see the one room. <laughs> With the stripper. Not the stripper pole room. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, real quick, because this is funny, is Louis C.K. was trying to take over Letterman's was trying to take over. She's sitting in the control room like she's going to be dictating it here. That's right. She pushed some buttons. <laughs> so um, so the, the, the story was that Louis C.K. was taking over Letterman, right? Or he was up for it. So they sent a guy to train him. So it's David Lynch, right? Who's an old school. He's presented as an old school Hollywood guy. So they're training for like a week. And finally he goes, so you're a newsman, right? Where did you work? And he goes, what? Look, he goes, I'm a comedian. He goes, no, you're a newsman. He goes, I'm a comedian. He goes, I've known you for a week. You haven't made me laugh once. <laughs> That's a great line. That is a good line. <laughs> That's how my photographic memory helps me with the comedy because I can just snatch them out of the – for you, it's kind of misty, right? Well, I have to make up my own. I can't just grab stuff out of the air from old shows that I've seen. Why? 
Because that's not how comedy works. But that's the thing. You're not a professional comedian. I'm not. So thus, you just are funny. And let, let's be candid. There's a reason if you watch, like, uh, Lenny Bruce, who was considered a genius, he's not that funny to us. Because Lenny Bruce was an innovator, and it was all fresh at the time, and everyone's taken it and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it. Now it feels derivative, even though he was Fair. the source. So thus, we're all influenced by the patterns we see, and then we put a little spin on it. Okay. Maybe that's why I'll you, work on that. Maybe that's why you didn't make it as a Maybe comedian. not. Maybe maybe Were listen, you just trying to do all original stuff? Maybe I still got life in my comedic career. No. no. I, think, <laughs> I, I think you've figured that one out oh, by now, all right? right? Well, it's the thought that counts, they say. <laughs> but I do I do find it to be when you have a comedian that's got other talent. Like if someone's just a comedian and they try to do other things, ugh, they're always trying to make you laugh. But a guy that's got that gear but does other things, I like that okay. guy. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. We're going to let you do your three biggest stories of the week. Like, whatever you think, there's a gambling edge on. But first, in honor, though, of that David Lynch character, we'll give you the three rules of show business. Now I'm going to tell you what I know to be the three rules of show business. Number one, look them in the eye and speak from the heart. Number two, you got to go away to come back. And number three, if someone asks you to keep a secret, their secret is a lie. Ooh. Well, there you go. What'd you think of that? I think it's strong. You're, Don't ask me to keep a secret. It was interesting, though, when your wife was nodding on the second one about you going away before you come back. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's all about, but okay. So we're going to go three, two, one, Casey Kasem style. Actionable info. Number three. One of, we talked about this today on on Straight Out of Vegas, and I started thinking about we we looked at the odds of if, who would if they got Aaron Rodgers, the odds of teams getting Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers. You want to read those real quick? Yeah, uh, the right now the Rodgers next team odds per Bravada: Packers minus one seventy five, Broncos plus one twenty five, Browns ten to one, Raiders eleven to one, Saints football team twenty eight to one, Dolphins so both the Saints and the Washington. Okay, Dolphins thirty five to one, Panthers and Chargers forty to one. Okay, now a couple thoughts on that: just the odds themselves. So the fact that Green Bay is built into this is saying okay. The uh, current number of minus 175, and if you look at all those numbers, it's a 63% chance implied probability, removing the VIG, okay? So now, mm, is that removing the VIG or, or leaving the VIG in there, Mackenzie? It's leaving it in there, leaving right? Leaving it in there. Yeah, ignoring the VIG, I'm not even sure what that means. So I would say with VIG or without VIG. Gotcha, I'll make that sense. All right, so this would be with VIG. So what you would do is usually the whole, I guess you could just add this up, and it looks like the hold's about 30% in this, or 25. So let's say a little bit less. So let's say it's around 58%. Okay, so now what you do is say, all right, in the other 42, what are the odds? And what we're going to see here is Denver is like seven times more likely, uh, you know, plus 125 versus 10 to 1, as any other team. So, but they're about even money. So really what we're saying is, there's about a 60% chance or so that he stays in Green Bay. But amongst the 40, if he goes, within there, there's about a 20% chance of the 40 that it's Denver. So I think it's fair to say Denver's about 20% based on these odds. And Denver's total has moved drastically. We bet over 7.5. It got up to 9 flat. I actually bought it back. And it's down to, what, 9 minus, what, 35 right now? That's right. Okay, so continue with your thought. So my thought was, while we're, while we're looking at that, have we, have we really discussed what would happen to the the Packers' odds 
if he were to leave? Like, what would the the Packers would go from? And the assumption is Jordan Love. The assumption is Jordan Love. My I, so my guess is the Packers are a seven win team if Aaron Rodgers isn't here. Now, now listen, I mean that's right on to the math we did because we were figuring between seven and nine points per game. Fast thought nine. My first thought was seven. Then I thought Jordan Love wasn't even a good backup, right? He and wasn't then, even a backup. Yeah, wasn't even good enough to be a backup. Might be the way. To, yeah, and but I do think Rodgers is going to be a, if he did play for Green Bay, which is what we're estimating. You know what it would be versus what it is, I guess, because we know what it was was eleven before the doubt crept into here, and now it's off the board in most places. Some would say it's taken down, but I say off the board. I say Kaiser blade. Some people call it a sling, sling blade. And in the places it's up, well, McKenzie, it's a nine, right? That's right. Okay. So they're building something. So really what they're saying is about a 50% chance that he's gone. If, if 11 was the number with no doubt about Rodgers, seven's the number we agree with, and we'll talk about the math there. Nine is smacking the Where middle. we're at. Yeah, which is saying we're halfway there. Now it's, and with the pack, and that might not be totally fair since it's minus one seventy five that, that he stays with the Packers. But, but if you take the vig out, you're yeah. moving towards like one forty, one thirty, right? And this is a different market. Now, that's the thing; these markets will be correlated, but they won't be exact. And obviously, a, a nine win team, probably a, a doubtful team to make the playoffs. We would say. Yeah, remember, 17 games. I mean, 11, 11 wins, you're certain to, to make the playoffs. Nine, eh, you're, you're, you're iffy. Seven is almost Remember, no. you're, you're, you're nine and eight now. Yeah, right? set, but seven, you're, you're not making the playoffs. Seven yeah. and ten teams are not going to make the playoffs. And, and, and the thing to think about is even with the 13 and 13 wins, 26 and two years before the playoffs, it's only, only quote-unquote, 11 out of 17 before the Dow which would have been, what, 10 and a half or some variation, and probably 10 and two-thirds before. So the, remember, Green Bay last year, after entering the 13-win season two years ago, their total was like nine. Yeah. And Because everyone thought they were the prime regression team, which they were, but they played well. Now, if we assume that 11 was actually what the Packers would win with, with Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. and even now – if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays, if, if it's announced he's going to he, – I'm returning, I don't think their number will get back to 11. I think there's been enough doubt cast on it that that 11 has gone away. So let's talk about why this, these shenanigans would hurt Green Bay if he does return. Now, what you're saying is, well, why don't you – I have an idea specifically about how his teammates will react – What's your take on Favre, or I keep saying Favre, Rodgers himself? I don't think Rodgers wants to be there. All right, so he's, An unhappy employee is not going to be as productive as a happy employee, obviously. And remember, I believe it was egregious, not egregious, I believe it was condemning of Rodgers that he had such an amazing year last year. Huh? What? Why? Here's why. He had four years that were well below that. Up until that point, he was an all-timer. Hall of Fame first ballot. Still might be, but he had four years that were not much better than average. Yards per attempt were actually below NFL average in aggregate over those years, which is a key stat. Okay. Then he gets pissed off, and all of a sudden he comes back in better shape and has a career year. That means all it took was willpower to do it the other four, but he said, no, nah, I'll give less. I'll give just enough. What else could it be? Was it random? 
I think mm-hmm. that there is something to, and we talked about this today on Straight Out of Vegas. There's something to guys who are blessed a certain way but don't have a drive. They realize that they can work this hard. Whatever the they, rationale they, is, he chose not to give the Packers and their fans all he had. Because even when Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing like he did last season, no one was saying. Aaron Rodgers I isn't was. a good quarterback. I, me and Gottlieb were screaming at each other on the radio. He you was, said he wasn't good? I said he was about average. Or did you say he was overrated compared to what people believe in I said he was him? about average. I, I disagree with stats. that. I, I disagree with stats. that. Okay. I got actually, I got some reaction. We actually have a, a little studio audience. In 2019, he, oh, he had 26 touchdowns and well, four picks. That's far from average. Hold on a second. You sound like a kid reading the back of a football card. Go get QBR. Pick a stat that's going to aggregate everything into one and tell me what his QBR was. Can we agree oh, that if you play six? So, so when he avoids the, the I'll, I'll do that, but just answer well, this. Why are you screaming? You, because you were cutting, you cut me MMA, off. Hold on a second. I know you're an MMA fighter. You're 1-0 professionally, but that's been about 20 years ago, hasn't 20 it? 20 years ago, exactly. So relax. Yes. I got a lot of muscle in this town. Can we agree <laughs> if you play a 16-game season and you're 7-1 to one in touchdown to interception rate? That's a good season. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people said that was his problem, that he was un- he was so protective of his interception stats that he wasn't taking enough risks, and thus now that's that could be fair. That, but well, even with the but it was still effective. Well, let's see his QBR. What is your favorite? If you had one QBR st- is the best the best quarterback. You agree. Stat. I agree. I agree. So let's see what it was. Mackenzie, why don't you do this? Give me his QBR over the the four prior years. And give me. Uh, a, a I looked this up today during the show, during Straight Out of Vegas. When, fascinating. When you were talking about Derek Carr, mm-hmm. and if you look at Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers over the last three seasons, mm-hmm. and you average them, they're about the same guy. Now, are so, you talking about Aaron Rodgers' most recent seasons, including, including 2020? So, so if which you take means he's below that. 2019 then. and 18. If you take those three seasons mm-hmm. and average them out, they're about the same guy in QBR. Okay, so you're making my case. I am with that. Thank you. Not everything's a de- like an argument. I know. The sooner you come to my side, the quicker we can move on. <laughs> hey, Mackenzie, true or false? When I when somehow I'm proven wrong, or when there's even evidence I'm wrong, how do I react? You want to get it right. I want to learn from it. I don't want to be right. I want to get it right. You're anxious to it's, get right. It's just, it's just. <laughs> I want to get straightened out when they open the books. But, <laughs> but, but the reality is. Getting it right and me being right, there is a heavy correlation, AJ. That's fair. And the more you fight that, the more painful it's going to be. People fight it at the beginning, and then they give up. And and the two seasons, <laughs> well, he, the, the season, I guess it was three years ago, where, where, where he missed a lot of games. Uh, he missed a bunch 18, of time, Seventeen. Yeah. 17. I, he, I think he played seven or eight games. I, I mean, that's it. But I don't want to say it's a throwout season. He wasn't hurt. Before he, he got hurt, right? He got hurt and was out. Remember right. that was the year they were thinking he could come back for the – I think he did come back for the last game and threw like 20 interceptions or something. Listen. Now, can I ask you this? Anything. The game last year that they lost to the Packers in the – or lost to the uh, the Bucks in the playoffs, mm-hmm. there's that that touchdown before halftime. Scotty mm-hmm. Miller touched mm-hmm. it. was like a 40-yard touchdown from Brady. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen mm-hmm. – and let's say you take those seven points off the board, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Packers win that game. I don't believe is that. his is his reputation different? Not if he wins a Super Bowl. Okay. If he just makes it, I I'll be candid at this point. Him being one and zero in the Super Bowl, it's a catch twenty two. Because he's only been to one. Yeah, that's bad. 
But if you go and lose one, it's almost shining a light. Now, it matters. Listen, if he like went, Russell Wilson. Won one and lost one? Yeah, but boy, that's interesting. Because you could make the case that his role in the loss was big. Right, Russell Wilson. But you don't seem to get blamed much for that. Well, that's because there was a, a, a bad coaching call made at the one-yard line. I'm and not it, sure it was. I mean, everyone that knows football, and I mean knows football at the, like a coach's level, they say that the, what Belichick did with the defense forced them to, to throw it. And they knew what they throw. I mean, you know, you know that story. Butler was they, he had them practice that again and again. I mean, the real thing to watch. The real thing to watch in that is the NFL films tape when they when they literally have Belichick mic'd up, and someone's in his ear going, "Time out, time out." He goes, "Hold on, hold on," and he's watching. He goes, "Hold on," and he sees. He goes, "We're gonna let it run." It's like he, he was going to see at what point they got to a certain – he knew how – you know, again, he's a genius. He knew how quickly they could get – and when they saw he wasn't calling a timeout, you saw they started hurrying, and then they got all frazzled. That was one of the biggest decisions in the history of football. So you think right? Russell Wilson's 1-1 one and one is worse than Aaron Rodgers' 1-0? and oh? No, because I think – him going so young looks good. Everyone knows. Listen, if Russell Wilson doesn't win another Super Bowl, he's not even in the discussion of an all-time great. I don't care what kind. Because the first two Super Bowls were defense. He wasn't that good. I mean, he played fine. Well, he's gotten better since those. For sure. But it's your With less theory. talent around him. That's the thing. Hey, now listen. If you want to say, does AJ have any hot takes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and here's one. And we'll do a quick shifting double back. What's your thought on how much Josh Allen should get paid from the Bills? And we'll give him a little theme song here. One second. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's just some kind of crazy noise. Well, I was going to – wait, let's go – first of all. Let's preface it by saying I'm a Bills fan. Yeah, let's – first of all, let's go to the studio audience. We've got like eight people. And the, I, how do you think AJ is doing so far? Jesus. Yeah. And my wife's part of that audience. <laughs> it's weird. It's she, terrible. She actually, even though there's glass, she threw something at a the A tomato. Glass. That was a tomato. <laughs> All right. I don't know why she had a tomato with her. <laughs> I like what you're doing so far, okay? So I'm going to set you up for your, for your theory here. Make sure everyone knows this is AJ, not me. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard <laughs> completely. Uh... AJ Hoffman? Yeah. Feel, feel free to disregard this. This is AJ? I think it is very difficult AJ in today's salary cap era to have Hoffman. a quarterback make 15 to 20% of your salary cap. So how much is that in today's salary cap? Well, uh, I don't know what today's numbers are, yeah, don't bother I, with but I, I do know it, it, the percentage stays about the same. Okay. It, it usually tops out around 19%. I think Aaron Rodgers is the only guy who's beaten that number, and that was last year. So, Mackenzie, we did a study on this. Pull that out. And yep. when you've got a rookie quarterback – a first-round rookie is making four to five percent so of their team salary. A rookie yeah. contract, so right. the first four years and the fifth-year option is a hybrid where it's expensive but not crazy. Not as expensive. So to as what it would eventually be. In so here's what I would do with Josh Allen. I would obviously. So what you're saying is, and you're right. The two ways to win in the NFL, and you said this today, is you either need a Hall of Fame level, a Tom Brady or a, a Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning, or you need someone on a first contract. Yes. Because you can put all the talent around him. And the question I asked was Aaron Rodgers or one of the rookies this year, let's say Wilson. Because you're going to say, well, Aaron Rodgers is a surely good. Sure. Wilson, we're not sure. But the question is, if Wilson's even decent, would you rather have the $30 million 
additional to spend on the rest of the, the roster. So the, the question then becomes, and like Patrick Mahomes is a good, a good case study. Hall of Famer. Will he be a, Ma- a Manning slash Brady, or is he a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? But even Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, you give them a second contract. The, they did. Would you? Uh, well, now here's the beauty. You don't have to anymore. Josh Allen is about to play his fifth year. Mm-hmm. They have two more years of team control with the franchise tag. So just to be clear, he's, he's going to play his fourth year. And he's already had his 50-year option options picked up. Yes. So they've got two more years of him affordable mm-hmm. and then two more years that they could control him and pay him top Franchise. five Franchise. quarterback money yeah. Yeah. but not be married to it long enough that all the contracts you have fall off and so you can't So the same as Dak Prescott, but he didn't have a 50-year option because he wasn't taking the first He wasn't a first-rounder. Round. Uh, but once you make that decision like they did with Dak to say, okay, we're marrying you now, now it becomes a lot harder to build the roster around that quarterback. So unless, you, and maybe you believe this, I don't, that Dak Prescott is in that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning ilk. So this used to be the Andy Dalton conundrum, where you can't win with them, but do you let them go? I do believe the NFL in general has moved that bar. The bar's gotten higher of, yes. of like what you need to win. And I think Baker now, in prior years, but here's the thing. These teams can talk about this, but they didn't let Dak walk. They don't the cousins. They someone paid them. People are scared. So the and it would take guts because you might draft a quarterback. You draft in the first. Remember the last year with that guy, you're probably done pretty well. So now you're drafting almost like the Bears or something. 20, 25. Now what? How do you get a quarterback? You take a shot at the end of the first round. Uh, the odds are like four to one of getting a good quarterback there. I'll say one of the ballsiest things I've seen is what Arizona did when they realized Josh Rosen stinks. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is going to look bad for us. But they were the number one pick, so it was easier. I, it was ballsy. but but And it's kind of what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. Remember, they Matt traded. Flynn yep. was brought in, paid real money. Then they took him. Hey, it's a vol- the guys at PFF talk about this. Quarterback's a volume game, right? You just got to keep rolling the dice. That's why I think Houston was right to do what they did. They don't know if Watson's going to be back. But they say, let's roll the dice. Let's take the guy from Stanford and give him a cycle. Let's see what do we got. And if he's not good, we'll take another one the next year. We got Taylor there. So, in general, I agree with you. But what's going to be the first team that has the balls like Baker Mayfield? I'm guessing you'd say no to him. I would say no to Baker Mayfield. Because he is certainly less than Dak right now. Yeah. Although he's coming off of a, a great season. But how much of that's the fact that they control the line of scrimmage. And they've got a, a team built around him. And mm-hmm. once you pay him, just like Seattle, that team starts to crumble away. And then you have to count. And Russell Wilson, to his credit, has done this, improved enough to keep that team relevant. Mm-hmm. Although not a super, no longer not even, a Super Bowl contender. Not even co- a contender. But not even coming close. Not getting to an NFC Championship yeah. game. So well, they they did against uh, they did one year. I think I don't think they've gotten to the NFC Championship other than I, the years yeah. they went to the Super. But, but you might be right. Yeah, could, but yeah. he's kept them relevant despite mm-hmm. the fact that the team's fallen off around him. Can Cleveland do that? I don't know. I, I I don't know. But I do know that if you pay, I don't think they can. If you pay Baker Mayfield, you start to lose the Miles Garretts. And let's face it, I, I understand quarterback's the most important position, but is Miles Garrett? less important to that team's success than Baker Mayfield? I mean, yes. Because he's a quarterback. Yeah. But but who's a better player? It doesn't matter. uh, This isn't like we're giving participation ribbons. Who's the most valuable? If you take him off the team. Now, here's the question. If you have a replacement, how many points is he worth? Okay. Baker's probably worth four points, in my opinion, against an average backup. 
against an average an average start and that's interesting i i think against an average starter that's not even the way to think of i would say this if you had to get like a fitzpatrick first of all i thought fitzpatrick would baker may or not baker i'm sorry sam darnold mm-hmm. i would say i'm not a sam darnold guy but i'd say four four and a half points to baker mayfield's better is it easier to replace let's say you've got a a, a top 10 pick in the you draft don't need to replace no i'm asking you is it easier to replace a baker mayfield or a miles garrett doesn't matter which one of those guys is easier to find baker mayfield that's what i think i agree but he's still hard to find he is because but miles garrett's harder to find yeah, but Miles Garrett's a fact. Like, if you let's say we were hiring someone for a business, right? Mm-hmm. And one guy's a one in a thousand shot of getting him, and he's going to help the business by making us ten thousand extra a year. Next guy's a one in ten shot, but he's going to make us a million a year. What guy do you want? You take the one in ten shot, I guess. Well, that's Baker. Okay. Now, but I think it's an interesting debate because it shows you how football is skewed in such a way where quarterback is king and prince and maybe queen. But isn't it also showing you the data shows you that? QB on his rookie deal is really what's the king. For sure. And we got the stats. It's almost like we set it up. So I'm going to read the Super Bowl champions. We started from the year after the collective bargaining agreement. Okay. And, and that would be 2012. And here's the where you're going to read one of two things. The Hall of Famer who was there or the rookie deal and how much of the cap he took up. Your number was what? About 15%? Yeah. Okay. So 2012, Joe Flacco, 7% rookie deal. 2013, Russell Wilson, 1% of the cap. 2014, Hall of Famer Tom Brady. He was 13%. 2015, Hall of Famer Peyton Manning, 13%. Tom Brady, next year, 16, 10%. Still only 10%. That's crazy that he was only 10%. Nick Foles, 2017, 1%. And obviously, Carson Wentz was on a rookie deal also. Tom Brady, Hall of Famer next, 14%. Patrick Mahomes, 3%. Tom Brady, 14% only last year, updated. Now, even the Super Bowl losers, I'm going to say quick, Kaepernick, 1%. Peyton Manning, 15%, Hall of Famer, though. Russell Wilson, 1%. Cam Newton, 10%. Matt Ryan, the only one of any of these above 15%, 18%. If only he had had less money, they would have had one extra defensive player. They would have won that thing. (laughs) You think that's funny? Or they would have run the football once or twice in the second half. Tom Brady, 9%. (laughs) But all the sharps say you're you're supposed to stay aggressive. Tom Brady, 9%. Jared Goff, 5%. Jimmy G, 10%. Mahomes, 3%. So literally, one guy above 15% out of, what do we have here, uh, 18, what's nine years? Yeah, 18. 18 Super Bowl participants. One person above 15% and only Hall of Famers above 15%. Think about it. Cam's the highest non-Hall of Famer and Jimmy G at 10%. So you're either a sure Hall of Famer or you're 10% or less to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or you're Matt Ryan and you cost your team the Super Bowl. That happens. Your theory's right. How do you execute it? Because in a way, that's what I thought San Francisco was doing. Saying Jimmy G's fine, but he's expensive. Let's get an equal to Jimmy G. If we get an extra $25 million to spend, it's probably worth it. But they took a project. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And Joe Flacco, the la- the bottom name on that list. I don't like Flacco. Okay. Well, Joe, well, you don't like the Ravens. You're a Steelers fan. Exactly. But think about this. When, when the Ravens won that Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, no one thought that Joe Flacco was worth the money the Ravens were going to give him. But the Ravens were scared to, to let him walk away after he won them a Super Bowl because that would look bad. 
That was the year to let them go. They caught lightning in a bar. It was the year, but teams don't want to do that. They because and they, the Ravens are one of the best. Let's they're be very well run. They're very well run. So the question is, who's gonna? You're gonna have to have an Elway type who isn't even that anymore. That is gonna say, I'm doing this and I take responsibility. But I don't know who's. No one's done it yet. You can make the case. The only two that's done it in their own little way, not to get a rookie, but the Rams did it. Getting rid of golf took guts. But they paid him. Well, listen, listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. All right, that's good. That's going to slow things down in a cordial way. Here's what I'm saying, and I think we agree. The pay them, I agree with you that paying a quarterback that isn't great a second contract's wrong. And Philly made that mistake. Rams made that mistake. Agreed. But we're saying who's going to be the first team that will say, we'll let a Baker Mayfield go, right? A, a Josh Allen even go. That, that, That'd that's, be big balls. That would be like stupid balls. Like no oxygen in the brain. The balls are so big. I but think. would you, instead of signing him to a long-term deal right away, would you franchise him? It pisses him off. If he was a robot, yeah. But look at the effect it had on Dak, right? The real he Broke th- his leg. Well, he didn't break it perfect, I don't think. <laughs> but really, it went about as poorly as it could for Dak, and he yeah. still got it all. So I, I guess my point is, let's forget where the line is, because that Josh Allen's a crazy. I mean, listen, it's very. I tell you this. But like Josh, like well, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen's had one great year. Baker Mayfield had didn't have a great year. Uh. Look at his QB. You do have the QBR. I've got right? it. Yeah, Mackenzie, uh, you did get that um, Aaron Rodgers QBR too. You want to pull that up for me? I saw you had it. it was Baker like- Mayfield was fifth in the league in QBR. Okay, and what was Josh Allen? Uh, Josh Allen. What? Oh no, that's tw- I lied. That's twenty twenty postseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Josh Allen was third in the league in QBR. Uh, Baker Mayfield, not third. Please get tenth. It. Okay, and right between Tom Brady and Derek Carr. Now here's something ahead of Deshaun Watson, who you said had a great year this year. Great year, because here's the thing, and this is a to me something I just picked up in the last year and a half. PFF, a lot of people rebel against Pro Football Focus because they seem to almost have a monopoly on things, yeah. right? They're the only place that's grading, and they try to abstract the player's performance from the context. Meaning, if you have a great receiver, they grade the quarterback on the throw. They don't grade him on the catch. The stats can be deceiving. QBR can be deceiving because how good's your line? How good your receivers, et cetera, et cetera, right? Tom Brady had a bad year two years ago because he didn't have the playmakers. Well, I just see his QBR. If you look at PFF, so what's interesting is, Mackenzie, pull up PFF and let's look at what Mayfield graded this year, 1-32, to 32, and what Josh Allen did. And to me, if you look at the stats and you compare the PFF, that distance offers, I think, a misperception typically with the uh, fans, and it's an opportunity. Where if you got a quarterback that was really, let's say, good stats like Mayfield, but I'm guessing PFF not near as good, you're going to say the team helped them. And then sometimes this would be vice versa. Do you ge- does that generally make – now, that's interesting. Baker had the 10th best PFF grade, and Josh Allen had the 5th. Now, what they say is they can abstract out about 80%. So now we're starting to split, meaning if I'm trying to make the case, maybe Baker had a better year than I remember. You know, what I'm saying is maybe in my mind I was thinking, you know, uh, system quarterback, mm-hmm. play action pass. 
Maybe he had a better year than I thought. But Josh Allen not only had a better year, fifth PFF, and statistically also, but he has he's the toolsiest quarterback. I would make the case Mahomes doesn't have his talent. No. His size. His upside. His arm strength. So once you've achieved at the highest level and you've got the tools, isn't that the dream? So a question, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. would you re-sign him? Not for a jumbo contract. Because Lamar Jackson won an MVP a year ago. I know. Seventh in the league in QBR this year mm-hmm. and also has tools that no one else in the league can, ha- can match. But tools that don't match what you want in a quarterback. Maybe. Well, he'll be the first one ever to do this over an extended period. Randall Cunningham didn't. Michael, Michael Vick, Vick didn't. Nope. So I'm not sure. Could he be one of one? What we saw now, again, he takes more hits. He's smaller. But we saw Arizona and, and Murray. Um, uh, he, got, he got beat up. He didn't miss. I don't think he missed any games. But he stopped running. And when he stopped running. Became less effective. Much less. And remember, QBR actually counts running as a big part of it. Stack rank Lamar, stack rank just passing, if you could, on QBR. And I'm not saying running doesn't count. I'm just saying that, that and, and Mackenzie, if you don't mind, pull up Lamar's PFF grade, passing. And I don't even blame him. They don't let him pass. Meaning when they're up 30 nothing, they should try passing the ball some instead of running it down people's throats. Uh, stack ranked, he's 20th pass only. Now think about that a second. Yeah. PFF actually had him uh, 19th right there. All right. So his stats back up, and that, but we're talking below average. Yeah. And he got worse, it seems. <laughs> right between Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Burrow. And remember, Not a great place to be. Well, Burrow... I like, but that's it. We had this debate on SOV today, straight out of Vegas. That was going to be one of my three things. All right. Where would Joe Burrow go in the draft this year? We didn't get to discuss that. Okay. So let's do this quick. Cause so to wrap up the other point is what I was saying was the guts it would take to, let's say trade three number ones to go up and take whoever they took, you know, they took Trey Lance. That's the kind of guts it's going to take to be Baker Mayfield's coach and say, good luck. Now, would you say good luck to him after? Would you? You would have done his fifth-year option, right? I would do a fifth-year option, and, and I would probably play, franchise him. All right. Let's assume he plays the same way in that fifty. Let's forget his fourth year. Let's say it's ran. Who knows? Doesn't matter for this conversation. But his fifth year was like this year. Do you franchise him? Yes. But so you're effectively paying him that jumbo contract now, right? So you. But I'm not marrying saying him. You can't win. I'm not marrying him. You're saying that year is a lost year. No, because no. You're saying at that salary, you can't you can't win. Your when once you pay that guy and it's long term, there's mm-hmm. money booked five years in advance. Mm-hmm. That's when you you have you but lose it actually, the it's ability. An advantage. It's an advantage. Like I mean, I'm not a salary cap expert, but look at Mahomes. Mahomes, they actually planned it based on when Hill was going to be coming up and stuff. One year it's a forty million dollar hit. One year it's twenty two. You can look. The only reason they, they signed Dak, I think. Is because if they only if they only franchised him, it all would have been on the cap this year, and they saved about what was it, Mackenzie, fifteen million, if I remember. Yeah, that's right. The fifteen million they saved, they let them even have a team effectively this year. Because if they would have had to cut another fifteen, it would have been trouble. So I think it was more. I think it was less. In fact, I know there's less cap flexibility when you franchise, right? But for one year. Yeah, but you're saying that year is a microcosm. Of five years or seven years or whatever the contract would be, and you're saying those seven years 
would not be would be like lost because you couldn't win a Super Bowl paying someone that's not a Hall of Famer that much. Wouldn't that one year franchise be the same thing? The, but the difference would be the guys that are already signed right now, the team that we think going into next year, that Cleveland Browns team mm-hmm. is going to be competitive already. Mm-hmm. Those guys are all still there. Okay, that's interesting. So I accept that. But let's also see like when when um, it can go the other way where like with Mahomes, he his contract next year is still reasonable. Then it starts. So you can you can buy yourself some time. But if you're saying if you're in a win now and you have a 10th best quarterback, you don't want him for a bunch of years, but you want him during the win now year. And that's why Josh Allen may be in. That it, makes it, sense to th- me. This year, if Josh Allen has another year like this year, he becomes an exception because now he's a, a bona fide top five quarterback in the league, which makes me think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback eventually. Yes. Whereas Baker Mayfield is not that yet. But remember, the bar for that big contract is more than because we don't just make him a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What we said was rookie deal or Hall of Famer. Right. Now, so, but a second year, like what we saw, Josh Allen starts to be you a start to think reasonable that, chance for a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, after Mahomes' third year, they re-signed him. Josh Allen got his 50-year option picked up, but they haven't re-signed him. No. They want to see one more, too. Yeah. And it's reasonable. Of course. Right? And Lamar Jackson hasn't... Um, He's a year uh, class before them. But what... No, Lamar and Josh Allen were the same year. That's right. He just got his fifth year picked up too. Yeah. Okay. So they're not buying. They're not. You're right. They can talk all they want, but you know, because let's be honest, if he has the same year like last year, what are they? As a Ravens hater, you know, and I particularly hate Harbaugh. <laughs> I mean, I have a listen. I don't personally do this. The board op guy does, but whenever Harbaugh's name comes up, he smells. And I think it's true. <laughs> it seems like it's true, but I'm not saying it like legally. Oh, I'm I'm right. Uh, what? Yeah, Lamar Jackson's in the same draft class as Baker Mayfield, not the not the uh... and Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You are okay. See, this is proof we don't add it. <laughs> that is proof. Right? Proof we don't add it. Now, if I said something like that, I mean, maybe no, no. Because I was thinking that they were in the same class as Mahomes no, and mean, and everyone, Watson. Everyone who makes a mistake has a story. Mackenzie, <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, you keep laughing at the right time. I'll, I'll buy you lunch next week. <laughs> All right. So to wrap up, um, uh, Rogers, 2016 to 2019, had a QBR 62.5. Where would that put him this year, Mackenzie? Fifteenth. That's what I call average. That is average. Now we can debate. We can talk about his interceptions, or we can look at your favorite number. And say he was average, like I was telling Gottlieb, and everyone who did it. Now all of a sudden he has one of the great years in the history of the NFL. I mean, literally, this last year was as good a year as we've seen from anyone, right? What was his QBR this year? Eighty-four-four. I mean, that's massive. Third best of all time: Brady, two thousand seven; Manning, two thousand six; Rogers, twenty twenty. Think about that: the best year of his career. Manning with Randy Moss in the undefeated team. Oh, I'm sorry, Brady. Brady. And then Manning with his best year. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's why the Packers have little incentive to move him. I think it's the opposite. It's that if we know that he only plays, if he's average unless he's extra motivated, do you expect him to be extra motivated this year? Well, what's he going to do, come out and play poorly this year? Well, he did for four years. Well, he played average. Maybe, maybe he does. And then you know what? He tells us a story about the beautiful mystery of his performance and how he was thinking of Jeopardy sometimes. Well, maybe so. <laughs> I'm not a fan. 
Fair enough. I mean, you know, I want someone that works hard. Yeah. It's Mark- frustrating. And and you can always say, well, there was these circumstances or these circumstances, and maybe there were circumstances we don't understand. Maybe it was what you're saying. What He's else so could pre- it be? Four years, they draft a quarterback, and he all of a sudden comes back ripped, like the best shape of his life. I think he had Mickey train him with a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, I mean, in 20, 2017, he you was injured. You realize I'm funnier than you, right? You are, absolutely. Yeah, you were a professional comedian I'm once. not, though. In, I'm an amateur. In Ohio. You but were the best amateur. I might You're be. the best hobbyist. I tell you this. I will say, <laughs> I will say this, and I'm going to tell you something sincere, so you could try to joke with it if you want. Okay. Take someone's sincere feelings Hold on. and joke I mean, if you want. Put my straight face on. No, just try to be a human is all. Oh, I'm, that's very difficult for me. <laughs> like, dig down. In a different way than Fez, I'm, I'm not totally well, human. Uh, He's part robot. I'm just part soulless, I guess. <laughs> we'll try to cultivate that. But, you know, I've – there was about three years where Adam Carolla, whenever he came to town, because I was with Podcast One, uh, and I was doing his show every week during football, he would have me come and sit in for the whole show. So we interviewed Freddie Roach, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, it was really – and I sat way back, you know, and said maybe one or two questions. But the rest of the show – I was talking to him about Howard Stern because he loves, like, people just talking off the cuff. And at one point, I had him, like, belly laughing. And he, let's be honest, uh, he's a real comedian. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean compared to you. I mean, he's as high, you know. Yeah. And those comedians don't like to laugh at people, especially an amateur. I had him involuntarily laughing. And I, I knew it was the right moment. I go, Adam, be honest. I'm a funny mother effer. I said, he goes, you're right, RJ. I hate to say it. So I, I was setting that up for a drop. Now, Mackenzie, you're around him every day. Is he indeed a funny mother effer? Indeed. Okay. I mean, I'll own it. I'll accept can, it. You can sense it already, though, right? I got a vibe. A vibe. And the thing is, I don't overdo it. A lot of people pick just, your spots. Yes. When you're getting boring, is when I'll be funny. That's the move. Now, when will you be funny? None of us knows. <laughs> well, tell us what happened. I pick happened. my spots. <laughs> Waiting yeah, yes and waiting no. and no. waiting. You know something? Is she your agent? She is. She's looking at me with a mean look right she now. She doesn't like, like this. Like, get his brand up. Get yeah, his she brand She doesn't like this one bit. Tell him. Here's what you got to realize, Mrs. AJ. If I come in soft with him, everyone's going to say, why is RJ being soft? This is like he comes to the new school. The bully beats him up. But then we find out. That he's been training. This is the plot of Karate Kid, by yeah. the way. And then, lo and <laughs> behold, when he comes out and holds his own, they're going to say it wasn't given to him. Gonna, no one wants to say it was given to him. Six months from now, guarantee I'm crane kicking RJ, j- j- just like Karate Kid. No, we're on the same side at that point. Oh. You prove yourself. Uh, I'm the standing. You're, you're missing this. I'm the standing for the audience. You're Mr. Miyagi. I, I've never caught a fly. But I will say with chopsticks. But I love Miyagi. You're a fork man. Let's be honest. Oftentimes, <laughs> a fork man. I, that's true. That's true. I don't try. Listen, all I know is it was like took you seven minutes to try to pick up a piece of sushi. I'm like throwing a fork at the guy. It's like, come on. You're, you're from Houston. It's not like you're all that cultured. Grab a fork. I mean, I bet you eat those crawfish by the, get, oh, by the pound, right? With, with, with uh, chopsticks, though. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. They'd run you out of town. You know what's funny? She's a smart cookie because when she heard it, she goes, you know, she started nodding. Like, yeah, if it was too nice, it looked like a setup. Plus, I do got to get him, like, settled down a little bit. Just a bit. 
You got to tame me. But it is true. <laughs> I, I won't be able to do that. <laughs> but it is true. Is when I have Mackenzie like do menial tasks, I say wash on, wash off. Like you know how he taught him to wash the car to mm -hmm. start with. That worked for about six months. Yeah. But then you can't keep doing it. Right. So you got to give him twenty well, bucks. He's a master now. <laughs> he's gotten good. McKen listen, I'm gonna. Say, I've never said this about one of my like direct underlings because that's a tough place to be. He's gonna make it, I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't think he was ready to hear that, I wouldn't have said it. Yeah. He could be asleep right now. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> RJ didn't mean any of that. <laughs> Did you hear that, Mackenzie? Much appreciate it. How did it make you feel? Good. Did, I just got a congratulations from Mrs. AJ. It like was around well your did it tingle around your temples? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last topic, because we got my, my miss is is uh, let's just say this. I got a stern look through the glass. Oh boy. Well, we sent her all the way down to another place and brought her back. Yeah, we said, hey, we'll meet us there for dinner, and then the pod's running long. But luckily, I think the line goes, the money always wins. Okay. So here was the debate, and you know this, but to set it up, how much value is there to the certainty of performance that we've seen up to this date? So Joe Burrow, he played, what, nine games or so, eight, nine, ten? It was certainly not more than that. Is he played well? I mean, considering the bad O line, considering Cincinnati, he played well. How where would Joe Burrow go in this year's draft? That's a fascinating question. And I think an ancillary question would be the following. How much better did the Rams do than the 49ers? I believe much better. Meaning they both traded for quarterbacks. And what they got with Matt Stafford was a guy with a shelf life, but a clear top, you know, I think top 10 quarterback, but like 9, 10, or 11. 10 to 12, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I would say 9 to 11 because it was the Lions. Yeah, there, there, is a, there is that stink on him that maybe he's better than he's looked he could, all these he years. Could, and he's looked pretty fine. Yep. He could, he, he's a tough dude. He missed some games and people started wanting. No, his wife had cancer. And he put up like, or she was fighting cancer, and she and he put up like half a year that would have been a great year for the year if it would have been doubled. Got hurt, but he's only I think he's played 16 games every other yep. year. So the guy's a tough dude. He was the number one pick. He's not like California. You know, I like Stafford, but what we know is this, and this is the deal that people got confused by. They gave a number one pick to get rid of Goff, so and it was two picks to get Stafford. So two first-rounders to get Stafford, one to get rid of Goff. Now, San Francisco traded three first-rounders. So they paid more. Now, what they're gaining is a guy on a rookie deal. But what's the odds that the third quarterback in that draft is going to be... Um, Better than Matt Stafford? No, even... The question is... What quarterback would you think is equal on a rookie deal to Matt Stafford at number 10? Is it number 17, number 18? What's the equation? And I know we're just doing this in our head. I'd say 20. It can't be 21. I think 20 is the far end. 20 for 10, the money makes up to 10 slots. Okay. And I would maybe go 19 or 18. I think it's 18, 19, or 20. What would you say? That's probably, yeah, that's probably about fair. So what's the odds that this quarterback's going to be 18, 19, or 20 or better? I would say they are probably, well, in the next 
three years? Let's say next year. Just one oh, year. next year's very low odds. Trey Lance probably won't even play next year. Okay, so now you've traded three years of picks and you've lost one year of cost control. Mm -hmm. And you're paying Jimmy G, who you've already crapped on, and saying, actually, we like you again. Because you have to now. Yeah. He'll be motivated because he wants to go where he went. Remember, they only got one year left of Jimmy G. Yep. So he's playing for a contract, essentially, but, but as well. He, yeah, because he did want to go to New England. The fact he can't go now, it would seem, makes it where maybe he goes after, you know, if Mac Jones doesn't work, they let Cam Newton go. He go. So, yeah, he'll play motivated. Okay. So And he's got a team that could win. Um, That's a good team there in San Francisco, a good roster. Oh, for sure. For I mean, you, Son's quarterback, you'd have to say top five roster. Yes. All right. So now the question becomes – what happens the next year? What's the odds that he's going to be 20 or better? They go up incrementally. Yeah. But I, uh, I, anything I'd, from zero would be incrementally. I, I'll, I'd say probably 25 to 33%. So when does this start make a better deal than Matt Stafford's deal? Uh, well, it doesn't come close. No. No. And in three years, Matt Stafford is old and now maybe Trey really Lance turns old? good. In how football old, years, he'll be old. How old is he? Now, you do realize uh, Aaron Rodgers is like 38? Mackenzie? Turns 38 in December. Stafford, mm -hmm. 33. That's five years. Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable mm -hmm. that Matt Stafford's only 33. Mm -hmm. It feels like he's been in the league forever. Maybe it's you that's feeling old. That's possible. Because he's young compared to you. He is young compared to me. And that Zach Wilson looks real young compared. He He does. No, but <laughs> he doesn't look like he's hit puberty yet. No, that I tell you that, that, that a lot of people have talked about how it was kind of disturbing. Like, like he's the franchise guy. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't want him necessarily he taking to, all the drink orders. He has, to, he has to ride his bike to the uh, to the facility. Hey, that's... listen, that's a sign we're getting old, man. I don't know. That's what they say. The older you get, the younger they get. Did you see this, dude? Sure. Yeah. Now I'm talking to Mrs. AJ. Did you see? Put up a picture so she can see it. And then she'll tell you what she doesn't. She's apparently she's under contract with NBC. But is um, <laughs> how old does he look to you? She said, "Bring him home anytime." What the hell? Fourteen is the answer. That's young. Then why'd you want him to go home? What? <laughs> she, she gave me a look like she she like, wasn't even defending it. It was like, w come on. You're better than that. Yeah. That's what, she gives me that look all I the time. That. I like all that. the time. It was good. It was good. Uh, okay. So you agree that the only way the 49ers deal with you makes sense is if they hit a high upside home run. Yes. Here's if Trey Lance turns into Patrick Mahomes. But here's the thing. Everyone's a long shot to be that. Sure. But number two is the fact that They've got a team to win now. They've got that all those D linemen that's going to be coming up. They can't keep all of them. It's a win now situation. Why do a future for a win now? But because they a have a quarterback, play. they have a quarterback on a, a cheap quarterback deal. That they did anything they could to say that. Yeah, but he's not playing. He's a backup quarterback but on they, a cheap deal. But that does mean that they are able to keep some of those guys that no, otherwise would have fallen no, he off. He gets paid more than a normal backup quarterback. If they keep Jimmy G, the combined quarterback is going to be a jumbo amount. For one year. And then you're saying a guy that's got a 33% chance to be as good as he needs to be to make him equal to Stafford, even with the adjustment for the salary. Right? <laughs> yeah, but the, it, it won't prevent them from keeping the guys that they've got. It's just a matter of if Trey Lance will develop into something. And you, wh but, what you said but, is, is prudent that you are wiping out one of those five years of team control. And let's be honest, that 50 years is not all that generous. No, it's not. I mean, the cap's down this year, 
but 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 uh, it's better compared to year six once you actually have to pay it's these the guys. It's the average of the top five, I think. If you're no 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 no, that's that's what the no, that's no, like. But that's what I'm saying. The fra- that's a franchise tag. Mackenzie, can you look that up? Because I know it was the. Uh, we'll see. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna see what it is. Um, and we'll finish up. So, I think what we're saying is it's tough. If you have certainty, it's worth a lot. Sure. Which is why it's interesting you don't think Joe Burrow would go first. Why do you think Joe Burrow would go before think, Justin Herbert, what do you, who had a better year than well, Joe Burrow? No, Herbert goes before Burrow, no doubt. But no one's debating that. Who would you take, Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? I'd probably take Justin Herbert now. Probably? Probably. You'd have a moment's doubt. I'd have, You'd a, have moment's a moment's doubt. You'd have a moment's doubt about paying Josh Allen. You'd have a moment's <laughs> doubt about taking Herbert. Herbert might be like the fifth or sixth most valuable player in the NFL right now. He's very valuable right now because you got four more years of that. But you think Trevor Lawrence is good. Well, you got five years of that. I, of I think that Trevor of Lawrence what? is good. You don't. I th- think there's uncertainty. Sure. Well, why would you be any- Have you ever seen a quarterback have a great rookie season and not be good after that? I have. Not many. The RG3. Yeah. How many others are there? I've seen guys come in for three or four games. I haven't seen like an, like 12, 13 games. Now, maybe Burrow's on that cusp. It just felt like he had it all. Like, And, again, I'm a Steelers fan. Um, Ten games played, by the way. Um, so it's the average, and this is the fifth-year option, the average of the third through 25th highest salaries at a player's position. Oh, wow. So how was well, – there was one – I thought it was – now, was that the case a couple years ago? I'm just curious. Because I, I, I'm shocked at that. Can you just look like as of, you know, what you can do is just in Google, and we'll finish up here. Just in Google, you can say search from like 2018 to 2019, and then, and then it will only show things from then and ask the same question and see what we get. Because right. I'm thinking they made that 50-year. Because there was a lot of people who were getting denied that. That it was like kind of because I, you know, which one I remember? It was Trubisky was going to be 24 million dollars. So how that couldn't be like that that average. So I think it actually was tougher. We'll get it. Okay. So Herbert, but you would take, and and, and if I'm correct, you said you you would take all five of the rookies over. Who would you take over Burrow amongst the five top rookies this year quarterbacks coming in this year? Trevor Lawrence. That's it. That's it. Because mm. wasn't Matty Holt was on with us today? But we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, not oh, Joe that's Burrow. A, okay. We were talking okay. about who do we take over Aaron Rodgers, and that's that's you know but that's an money stipulations. You, who would you take between Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Joe Burrow. Okay, so that means only because of the contract that he's on. Oh yeah, it, it, all the facts. Sure, and the longevity. Yeah, although tearing your ACL your very first season is alarming. Well, but that's the thing is tearing your ACL, is, no one has a tough ACL. Like if you get hit at a certain angle, you're going to hurt your leg, right? But when you tear your ACL, you're more likely to tear it again. I know this from well, experience. Deshaun Watson did Deshaun it twice, Watson's yeah. done it twice, yep. Yeah. People seem to want to pay him. They want to do everything. Yeah, so, the best but, franchise in the league wanted to pay him. So real <laughs> – the, oh, the new – who, New England? Oh, no, the genius is down in uh, Houston. The well, best-run organization in the league. Isn't it a cliche to be, like, bashing your local team? When it's that team, didn't it's they, not they, that hard. Except when they made the playoffs four out of five years, what were you saying then? I mean, Still I said, complaining. I was still complaining because they weren't – I mean, you – but how many times did you, you come on my show and say they were a Super Bowl with, contender and they are weren't? Are you familiar with the term ingrate? 
Yes. Do you feel like maybe as a fan? I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. You lived no. in Houston how long? Since 2010. And you have a decade plus you don't root for the local team? No. Who do you root for? If anybody, I root for Buffalo. But you either root for someone or you don't. I don't. I don't really. I, I don't. I'm not emotionally so you, attached to any so what football team. What you've done is you've wrung out any sense of youth, any sense of yes. joy, any sense of wonder. Do you hate the wonder years? The television yeah. show. Do you like say f Kevin Arnold? No. I take Winnie off him like that. No. I like that show. Like you're just you're getting it. You're you're already just smiling. Like I got you. I got that cold heart of yours already smiling. Already, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be good for you, Mrs. AJ. It's gonna open them up emotionally. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I'm not sure that's a good thing. All right, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. On, oh on- no! Give us real quick your take on Houston. Like give give. In fact, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let you talk. Now, this is gonna show this guy. I mean you. Fred Fowler, your partner, done stuff with us at pregame. I love Fred. He sometimes misses, right, health concerns and such, right? Yeah, whatever he's got going. Yeah, but he's got some health concerns. I think he's all right. He talks a lot about it, right? He does. He's got a heart condition. I, I don't think. think he has that. I hope not. You didn't hear? No, no he hadn't told no, me. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. He's 100% <laughs> healthy. Looks are deceiving. <laughs> and I actually really like Fred. Mrs. AJ's like almost killed over. Like, yeah. You didn't know I was this funny, did you? She's like, no, I did it. <laughs> Fred's a good man. May him rest in peace. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> no, we'll have him on all the time. Yeah. Even if I know you guys don't get along anymore, but <laughs> no, actually, they're a good partnership. And you guys, uh, I mean, I would say this over the five last, let's say, three years, highest rating. I mean, any given month, sure. maybe up or down, highest ratings in drive time. Yeah. And a good friend of mine, Sean Pendergast, is a competitor. Well, he does mornings. Oh, he does now? Yep. He used to be head-to-head, wasn't he? Used to be. And you ran him off? Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't run him off. They just they they switched some things around. Just coincidentally. Yeah. But, but they ha- do well in the mornings. Very good morning show. But you're the program director, so you're really responsible for all the time. Well, on my station, not on his. Yeah. Not on his. So you can't beat him in the morning? No. Damn. I can't. Do you blame? I'd have to get up too early. If you did the morning shift, would you? No, no. I wouldn't get up that early. I'm not not for that life. You got to get up that time, don't you? Because you're doing the programming. Yeah, but they're on air. They're on air at 7. I'd have to. uh, Aren't you supposed to be on air like at 5.30 of your drive time? No, they start at 7 a.m. Maybe you should start them at 6. Maybe that's the move. Howard Stern started at 6 like for 40 years. Yeah. You think he had it wrong? I don't know. I think times have changed some. And people get up later? I mean, you, if anything, Midwest in general, everything's earlier. Like you guys get your prime time at seven o'clock, right? Yeah. So that means, if anything, people's getting to bed earlier. Well, they're on. No, we get prime time at seven. Yeah. So we're, we're yeah. on. We're on from se- some. The morning shows on from seven a to eleven a. But what I'm saying is, the normal people finish the uh, whatever's on. This is old school, right? But they'd mm-hmm. watch the eleven o'clock news and go to bed. In in Midwest, it's the ten o'clock news. Right. So it means everyone's in bed about an hour earlier. Yeah. Johnny Carson and whatever, right? Back in the day. So you're starting an hour later. I think you mixed it up. You should have like counted Maybe on your so. hand. Like lefty loosey, righty tidy. Maybe so. My morning guys won't wake I'll up help. any earlier than they do. Fire them then. Well, they've got contracts. Fire them. That's not, no, tell no, they're to, good. Tell them to chase you through court. They're good. See what happens. Uh, I'm not looking for that. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to let AJ shine as a monologuer because that's oh, his dream. Oh, boy. No, it's the opposite, but that's all right. But what I mean is three or four minutes. Okay. And I want you to brain dump on, do you like the number for Houston? What do you think is going to happen with, like, anything that's Houston insidery? 
And then when I come back, Mackenzie will give me a grade. I don't want to hear anything except A through F. We don't give E's here. And uh, plus and minus is fine, all right? Sounds good. And uh, just so you know, we always take time seriously. Every second counts. Okay. So the Houston Texans, who I think have the worst roster in the NFL, non-quarterback, and if you take Deshaun Watson out of that mix, which it looks like, and I, I said this months ago, I don't think Deshaun Watson will play again. Uh, it, I, I don't think he will play in the next season. So I think without him, they are officially the worst roster in the NFL and maybe the worst in several years. We looked at this today. The last time that the lowest win total was separated by as much as a game, a game and a half like the uh, the Texans are now, I, I don't know when the last time was. And, and McKenzie looked up that they're even – two and a half games from being the second worst. Yeah, 30 teams have two or more wins expected higher than the Texans. That's insane to me, but it it's very accurate. And and they did nothing in this offseason to improve their roster, meaningfully improve their roster. They lost two of their best players. They lose J.J. Watt uh, to Arizona. They lose Will Fuller. And they really didn't do anything in free agency, but – up their special teams guys, up depth at the bottom end of the roster. Uh, And it it almost feels like they don't care about winning next year, which is fine. As as someone who follows a team, I'm fine with that because no matter what they did this offseason, they weren't going to win next year. It wasn't going to be a winning season. So I figure if you're going to be bad, just be really, really bad. And that's what it looks like they're going to do, especially without Deshaun. But – to take a, a quarterback with the third pick in the draft, to take Davis Mills, when you don't have a first rounder, you don't have a second rounder, you got you got to wait till the third round to have that pick, and you take a quarterback. My question was, what would Davis Mills have to do at quarterback to make the Texans not use their first pick on a quarterback? And I don't know what it could be. I, it, they would have to not have a top five pick, which seems – incredibly unlikely to me. I explained this to you already. Well, first, let me get your grade. Mackenzie? Flat A, no A+. Plus. Ooh. I'm not a monologuer. That's pretty strong. Listen, this guy hates giving better grades than he gets. I can tell you that. That's, that's what the actual curve is with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about quarterbacks. As you've said, every quarterback is a mystery. Not a beautiful mystery, but a mystery. And that's... But you can find out about a quarterback pretty quick, usually one season, even if they don't start. But the thing people don't realize is, and you do, you've been, I mean, you did have your pass revoked, right? But you used to have access to the Texans practice, and it was revoked. It was. (laughs) What did you do to get it? No, they just stopped giving out season-long passes. No, they didn't. They did. Not to, like, Sean Pendergast. Well, Sean Pendergast works for the Texans station. Exactly. There's always going to be an excuse. That's the excuse. You had one, then you didn't. I didn't. I could apply game by by game, but I'm too lazy. That guy lost his girlfriend and saying, yeah, um, we've decided dating is um, uh, labels. It's overrated, yeah. (laughs) We don't like labels on it. It's not what we're here for. We're very European. I don't shower. She asks other guys. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you fighting the back. That was good. I could turn it on at any time. I could just walk up in an open mic and never done it because I don't need to. Let's do it tonight. I don't think I would be good. I'm actually, I, I play off of people. Yeah, that's my best. Uh, I yeah. do that the best, too. I, yeah, I mean, stand-up's a whole I'm not thing. a monologuer. You look at Howard Stern, who I think Howard's funny. I mean, a lot of people question. He gets jokes fed to him. 
I've never had a joke fed to me. It was interesting. You were saying in your first gig in radio, how old were you? Like 23? 24. You were just out of the service, and you did four years, right? Uh, yeah, I was I was a ways out of the service, so I was out. I got out when I was 21. Oh, yeah, because you were in at 17. Mm-hmm. Like, how long were you 17 before you turned 18 when you were in the service? Three months. Wow, okay. So now I turned in early September, so I was graduated from high school and went to Ohio State, but I was there just a week, you know. But it's always cool to say, yep, I was at Ohio State at 17. Yeah. But, you know, you was even, you know, multiple months, it sounds. So when did you go in? In June? June. So you were, your birthday was around then? Late August. Yeah. So right around, so you graduated. Yeah. So we're aligned, though you're younger than me, year to year kind of aligned. Okay. So you got out in four years. And we'll tell us, I mean, interesting stuff. You were in, uh, what's that called? Airborne school. Mm-hmm. Right, which is, uh, that was on, and your goal was to be a, a ranger. That was the goal. But you hurt your foot. Yeah. And so bad, actually, that that you did, you were what, focused on training? You were the trainer after. Yeah, I did a lot of training. And then when you guys, uh, was it, it was the first people to Afghanistan was your unit. Yep. And and you had trained those guys. Yeah. I tell you, it's funny, because I know, you, you know, you've been a guy that joined, you weren't, and there was no draft, right? You went. Yeah. And you wanted. Volunteered. Yeah, you wanted to be there. And I know it was probably a great lament that you hurt yourself so early, you know, in that process. But I, I told you, and I, it's not, it felt like you had thought about it, and you should have, is who knows how many people potentially you save their life because you train them a certain way, and if they weren't trained that way, who knows what would happen. I think that's the bright side to it. No, but it's an unequivocal. I'm not saying it takes away the other, that, that you missed something that you felt I should have been able to do myself. Yeah. Yeah. But but in theory, you could have had more of an effect. Possibly. I mean, think about it. An elite, and, and I can't judge if you were elite or not. But you're, I was not an elite soldier. But you, uh, an elite trainer is what I'm saying. Because yeah. I'm thinking as smart as you are, once you physically were a little bit, and again, it's not like you're, I mean, you fought MMA after that. It's yeah. just the service has that standard. Yeah. Right? And, you know, they don't want people running through the fields and, or, you know, through the war zone. Um but I, I'm guessing you put your heart into that, that when sure. you, that went that direct. Yeah, I had to make a difference. I did think in American Sniper, and again, I, my dad was in the service, my grandfather, I wasn't. So I, you know, a little bit at a distance, but nothing. You know, I don't act like it. I mean, I have a lot of ideas about respecting veterans, you know, which is easy now, but the Vietnam vets especially. You show me no respect, though. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, you hear the difference in my tone right now when I'm giving you real oh, okay, respect. Okay. You got, just got to listen. Got you. No, but, um, you pick your spots. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Then we'd all be uncomfortable if not. Even Mrs. AJ would be uncomfortable. We wouldn't want that. No. So to me, in American Sniper, when he, remember he was down on the ground saying, I'm going to show these guys how to clear a building because he, like, he was looking at the regular grunts yep. or whatever and say they don't know what they're doing. And they're saying, like, he's a $10 million, like, whatever value they had on him from all the training. And he's, like, going through doors first. And who knows? Again, that was obviously somewhat glorified. I thought it was a really entertaining movie. Sure. That it was inspiring. Um, but it strikes me that's a sign that even in today, and not that you, to critique the military as much, but would you say the typical on-the-ground foot soldier has, like, all the – I mean, they're making an economics decision. How much do we train them? What's the incremental gain from here? How much is it going to cost? 
that's how the government has to think. Sure. And I'm guessing that that point of diminishing returns is earlier than maybe we all wish it was if we were the ones getting yeah, trained. I agree with that. And I'm betting you. Although they've hard. changed it some, I think, because it's there's less people joining now. Like it, it depends on how many recruits you have. So if you've got less recruits, you got to take a little more care of them because you got to keep the ones that you've got. You got to put extra training into those when there's tons of bodies coming in. I think there is less value on them to, to the government. If we were, if it was five years later and we were in the midst of perpetual war, would you have joined? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so like if I was still 17, mm-hmm. like yeah. if my whole life, if I was born in 1985, yeah, yeah I would have joined. Yeah. Because let's be honest. And no one knew there was perpetual war at the time. Like it was going to be ongoing forever. Well, I mean, we'll see. It's been a long time. Um, At that point, you know, three years in or, you know, two years into after 9-11, no one knew that it was going to be going on this long. I mean, if you read, a lot of people read about the Civil War. And I've read, um, you know, the book, or, you know, anyone that's a reader has read Team Arrivals. And I, I, and I read, I think Carl Sandburg was the author, who was a famous poet that wrote a, a Lincoln biography that I read and years before that. And they said that, you know, you look at, Lincoln was like 56 when he died or something. I mean, he wasn't even 60, I don't think. Can you check that, Mackenzie? He looks like he's 80 years yeah. old. And I mean, they show pictures of him before. It was a tough five years on him. And like they, you know, he was a depressive, yeah, he's 56, jeez. And um, every soldier's death just, I mean, it was like he waited on his heart. To me, I know that's a horrible thing to put on a man, but I think the commander-in-chief has to have that. And it feels like to me, as much as I don't like, like, the meathead part of the military, because there's certainly that, it seems like. And again, I only see it from a distance, but you'd agree with that, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Especially in the job that I did. In a way, that's what they want. They want to kind of create a sense of of jocularity. I mean, I think, uh, again, it's a movie, but um, Kubrick's movie, uh, Full Metal Jacket, kind of represents the dichotomy between the training. And um, my final point would be this, is... Not having for a long time, you couldn't serve. Uh, you weren't going to be president if you didn't serve in the military. I mean, even Nixon was in the Navy. I mean, Kennedy, Navy, and go back, right? FDR, obviously an exception with his, you know, physical limitations. But he was the Secretary of the Navy. Now that I think about yeah. it, so at least he was involved in that way. And again, if you're in a wheelchair, what can you do, right? So someone that says, "Nah, I'll pass on the service," just it didn't work, right? And then Eisenhower, and then. I guess it would have been, well, Ford was in the service. Reagan was the first one. And we were, you know, at the time, we for a long time. And really, since then, it was Bush and then nobody, right? Yeah. yeah. First Bush. Exactly. And, you know, not that we want to, you know, again, political correctness. If you were in the reserves, it, you know, didn't mean nothing, but it wasn't active duty. Yeah. George W. Texas Air National Guard. Exactly. Yeah, that doesn't, again, I'm not saying that doesn't count. Yeah, I'm saying. But that's not the same exactly, as active service. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, you know, and if you're in active service and you don't see, you know, as they say, uh, in the shit, and uh, as they yeah. said back in the day, that's different too. I mean, I listen. I respect anyone that serves, but if you, my grandfather, you know, passed away a few years ago, he stormed the beaches of Normandy. To me, that puts you in a special yeah. place. And now he was on day. Th- I never said this to him, but he was on like day three. 
which again, Storm the Beach of Normandy, but you, you know, the depiction in uh, the Spielberg movie, Saving Private Ryan, that first wave, man, oh, that was tough. You wouldn't have been talking about your grandfather. Yeah, I mean, you would have never met him. It was a long shot, right? And just think the luck of the He was an Italian immigrant, right? Just They didn't decide, Dominic goes on boat three. No, it was like whatever way yeah. they decided. <laughs> so it's scary, right? But um, I respect the hell out of that, and I respect all the way up and down the line. You know, it's just – but to me, if you don't – if you didn't see people die – you know, and Kennedy actually, if you read JFK's papers – and I didn't read his papers, but there's a biography that talked about it. He said, I hear a lot of talk about that will bear any cost, that will do any burden. He goes, well, a lot of those people never seen what the cost is. And, and I think there's, you know, maybe the Cuban Missile Crisis would have went differently against us, against the world, if Kennedy wasn't. Because at the time, 13 days depicted, he was being a pussy, what people thought. Yeah. Right? Others in that, you know, the war chiefs or whatever. So to me, I like the idea, I, you, know, you know, it's hard. If you're even, if you ever even have sympathy with the Republicans in any way, you're going to like Reagan, right? Because he's like the St. Reagan at this point. <laughs> and, and, and again, if I was old enough, just, it was 10 years old when he was elected. And what I will say is this whole um, USA with the hockey and all that, the miracle on ice, mm -hmm. that was a real thing. Meaning that we were down as a, I was 10, but we were down as a country. Russia was like dominant. We won that one. And that, you know, and Iranians had taken our heart. We can debate who's at fault. What. There was a malaise in the country. And Reagan did change that. And to me, whatever the, you know, like, it's hard to say Clinton wasn't good for the economy, right? You're a Republican, you want to say he wasn't good for the economy. I don't understand it, right? If you're a Democrat and say Reagan didn't turn around the mood of the country, I don't understand that. So, you know, it might piss people off, but I hopefully anyone that listens sees I kind of calm down, you know, the way I see him. And for me, I'm a libertarian. I really am. I want, I, I want to pay what I need to pay, but no more. I mean, what can we collectively do that we can't do alone? That should be the government, in my opinion. And if we have an abundance of wealth, everyone should chip in and help those that can't help themselves. And when I say an abundance, I mean... You know, really, where that line is, I don't know. Because should it be right past the point of you starving? Probably not. But should it be abundance before we help, let's say, orphanages? No. Like, to me, the ones that can't help themselves, I don't care what it takes, we got to help them, right? Because, like, and to me, the real last thing I'll say politically, I don't know if this is even politics at this point, I knew someone that grew up in an orphanage in Nevada. It's, or at least was there for a while and had foster kids or, or parents, it, it sounds like the word, like war sounds less bad than this. I mean, it was a girl and like she was, a, you know, molested is the, I think the way yeah. to say it, like, like eight different people, I, like different families along the way. I mean, how, you know, come on, you know, and <clears throat> for them, it's, some people do it for the check, right? So yeah. now they're getting the check. You know, what kind of, like stepdad, what kind of boyfriends are they going to attract, right? If there's a mom doing, or the, the, I'm just saying, I'm not saying the government doesn't care. I'm saying there's not enough money there to take care of it, it seems. Now, has that changed? Not that I hear, all right? That's a travesty to me. You know, these are kids. But now, if it's a 25-year-old that's deciding they don't want to work, you know, now, we know the right at times have done welfare queen and stuff, and, may, you know, they're all trying to paint their picture. So I get, no, we don't get political, but we do talk common. If you try to avoid common sense, I think you're just hiding. So... 
like when it comes to where that line is, where do you think it, where the when the government helps? Where do you think it should be? I think if we say, you know, if or where the government helps, yes, which is code for the rich or the people paying taxes. Yeah. Help. Okay. So when do when do we start paying? When do people who have start paying to take care of have-nots? No, I would say that if the inflow is set, the question becomes: When does the government start doling out the money? Who do they help? Who does the government help? How would you describe it? Boy, uh, I don't even know if that, like, I can't, I don't know if I could put a number on, like, I don't know what the poverty line is now. Yeah, but do we help, do, if someone can help themselves. Like if someone is just, I'd rather not get a job. And why, we say it a lot out here right now. There's a lot of stuff. The line that we waited in for the rental car, the, the, the guy at the counter was like, People aren't working because they're making more on unemployment than, than working at the rental car company. I've got no, I've got no yeah, well, respect I for mean, it. I mean, listen, I know someone who I don't think I've, they've ever had a job, and they got, got 15000 hit their bank account. They didn't even know it was coming. But they had put in for something. It was questioned. It was delayed. It was, boom, hit for fifteen. I mean, it's, it's someone if they had 150 in their pocket, you'd be shocked. Yeah. So... I actually think of all the times, if there's ever a time to like write the check and ask questions later, this would have been it. Because I do think the fact that we don't feel like we're in a, a I, obviously we got to pay down the road in theory. I mean, again, when's that debt ever going to be paid? I don't know. But if there's ever a time, I mean, because what would we be in right now if the government didn't like juice things big? Well, and it's different for someone like a you. Whole different thing. It's different for someone like you who doesn't have kids, mm-hmm. and I've got two kids. Mm-hmm. Those kids are going to pay for. Every twelve thousand dollar stimulus check that came out, I or think, their I kids. I think they're going to be fighting. Yeah. I mean, you think China's building a military for no reason? They're not getting that money back. How could we give it back? Yeah. You know, and they would, you know, not dumb enough. They would, tr- whatever. To, you know, we're the only country in the history of the world that ever has been able to give debt in its own, do not its own currency. Like, think about it. If you were to borrow from Germany, you weren't borrowing in marks. Right? Because what would happen? We're barrels of money to buy a loaf of bread, right? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, what I would be afraid of, if I were rich, rich, and I mean, I put really all, you know, I do well, but I put the money back in the pregame, and, and that's an absolute fact, is, you know, I mean, I, I, I live, right? But not high on the hog. You know, it's funny. I think I've always, like, I've always had, for like five years now, the least expensive house. I'm in the same house I was in when I moved to Vegas 20 years ago. Really? Well, I stayed in one place for six months, an apartment, then we moved. And uh, I've been in the same place. Wow. I like it. I always think about moving, and I'm like, that takes a lot of work. I got work to do. I'm not going to be ready for the NFL if I move. And, I, you know, I like it. It's a working – it reminds me of home. It's a working-class neighborhood, right? And it hasn't really changed in those 20 years. But anyway, is – well, I lost my train of thought. Well, we, we were talking about the person got fifteen thousand. Yeah, no, like where do you draw the line? And where do you draw that? But we, then we were talking about the about no rental cars. Oh, yeah. And you know what else? Uber. I don't know about other cities. You can't. You get can't find Uber. one here. It's like a half hour. Yeah. And and before when I came out here in March, it was yeah. literally a half oh, hour. I know what we were talking about is who was going to pay the debt. Yeah. And then we were talking about the idea of who's going to fight for it in the denomination. Because what's going to happen is if I were rich, rich, that's where we were. If I was rich, rich, I would be so diversified. I would be so diversified from American currency. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be a, 
there's going to be inflation out the wazoo. Is my I'm not a professional advice giver when it comes to financial advice. Financial this advice. is not that. This is not that. It's my personal opinion as a summa cum laude graduate with a finance degree, but it's not professional. No, it's not actually because I had the academic training, but I didn't go into it. So yeah. I really don't fool myself with that. Does that sound right? Though, how does it not go up with us owing like thirty trillion at this point? It's impossible not to, I would suppose. And at some point, the people we owe are going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. And then it's fighting time, is what I'm getting. I hope not. I hope you're right. You hope I'm right that there's a world I hope, war I, no, over I, money? No, I hope you're right that it's it, that it's not going to happen. But yeah, I, did, you I, give I, a, did you give a pick on all your blabbering? I did not. Give us a pick, and we'll go. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Since you and your insecurity, your masculinity don't like blossom. I, I don't. It's not because I'm masculine. It's just not a show that I was into. That's all. What's going on with the futures? Anybody's guess. Hit me. Uh, I'll go with the UFC this weekend. Oh, you know the UFC. Yeah. In fact, I know very, very well one of the guys who's fighting this weekend. Uh, Alex Morano got called on short notice. Inside information. This is the guy that was my, he cornered me in every fight that I had and uh, was my best training partner for years and years. And he got called to uh, to step in on short notice against Donald Cowboy Cerrone this weekend. Uh, so he'll be in the co-main event. He is at plus 165. And Cowboy Cerrone has not won in his last five fights. And Alex is a guy who loves to get into he, – he's one of these guys who has no concern about being the champion ever. He just wants to go in and throw down. And at this now, point, is he at the level that he would be viable to be champion? He's a top twenty welterweight in the world. Okay. So I mean, but that's not his. That's not his goal. When he got into this, it was never his goal. What would the odds be if he wasn't on short notice? I think they would probably be closer to plus one thirty, plus one twenty-five. Well, if a guy lost five in a row and he's top twenty, why would he be an underdog even without short notice? Because of name brand. Okay. So this is so Cowboy Cerrone's a star. He's a big star. There's going to be people. The public will bet on him. Um, but Alex at plus one sixty five. There's great value. I think. What would you put the true odds at if you were trying to split the result? Even money. All right. So we're getting plus one sixty five at a fifty fifty. Yeah. Now that's rare. I mean, you're smart. You know betting. You don't think there's huge edges like idiots do. No. So you're taking off the rubber band. Now I do think that. There is something Don't to the short, the short notice thing, but I also believe, and I and I know this about Alex. Alex stays fight ready at all times. He's, for lack of a better word, he's a nerd. He doesn't care about anything but martial arts, mm -hmm. and, and so what he does in his spare time is train. That's all he cares about. So he's always ready to fight. He always stays at wait to fight because he waits for calls like this. So I, I do think that there's real value on Alex Morano at plus one sixty five. That is strong. Now the question is. How much is he going to bet on it? Come on, baby, $80,000. <laughs> hey, what's 80000 at plus 165? Pretty good. Let's do it. Talk to you next week. <laughs>